I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my friend, partner, and colleague, Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 198th episode of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World, where we talk about the markets, what we're investing in, what we're watching, and some of the crazy stuff that goes on on our planet. I am excited to be back. There's a lot to get into. Jerome has spoken again, Nick. The Trumpster had a major announcement. It was huge. It was huge. Um, a lot to talk. Uh, one of my favorite companies had some news and uh, the reaction to it was interesting. So before we get into that, Nick, how are you? I'm doing great. Getting ready for the end of the year and the holiday, doing some traveling. Um, busy, 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 as I think a lot of people are. I was in the post office. It was packed. Stores are, are packed. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm great. Did I, um, did, did I mess up the introduction? I, I, I introduced you as Nick Hodge. And um, I'm, I'm looking at your shirt and, and it does like, did you change your name? <laughs> it's Big Nick. You got to get some of that Big Nick energy. Big Nick energy. <laughs> I thought I messed the intro up. <laughs> I've only done that once in 198 episodes. And that's when we changed the intros for everybody. <laughs> Full disclosure, right? Um, I'm so in the spirit. I love it. I love it. I love it. No, listen, um, I'm, family's well. Everyone's well, I'm assuming. Yes. How about yes. you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Let's uh, let's get right into it. Jerome has spoken again. The theme last week, everybody, was bear market halftime. I asked Nick, as I always do, um, to opine on the major indices here in the U.S., to opine on the economy, to opine on Jerome. And Jerome spoke again. And look, much to my surprise, Jerome has been very, very consistent. I, 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 I give Jerome credit where credit is due. I've said this before. He's sticking to his guns a lot longer than I thought he would. And Nick, you've been calling this spot on the whole time. So I'm going to let you give the macro take on the major indices. Look, we're recording this on Friday the 15th and couldn't help but notice a pretty damn nasty sell-off across the board. Yeah. Um, I listen to people smarter than me and uh, fortunately, they've been good counsel or counselors uh, this year. And um, what happened was what we thought was going to happen. You got a 50 basis point hike, um, which for the record is not a pivot. Um, <laughs> even not hiking is not a pivot. The only thing that's a pivot is cutting rates, which in fact, Jerome said, don't expect um, for all of 2023, he said, yes, he said in the meeting this week, um, everybody was asking for it. All the media outlets wanted to know when they were going to get their pivot. And, um, as you say, Jerome was consistent and said, um, look, the inflation is still high, higher than we want it to be. We're not going to, um, you know, stop this tightening cycle until it heads closer to our 2% target. And look, the CPI is still over 7%. It's the highest still since the early 1980s. Um, and you're coming into a recession. So um, Fun. <laughs> I've, been, I've, I've been saying for months and months and months that you're not going to get a pivot. And in fact, you haven't gotten a pivot. And I've been saying that this bear market is going to be more protracted than people think. And uh, that's exactly what you got. The hard sell off um, after he stayed hawkish and um, not a lot to add there. I've been I've been saying it for uh, a long time and have been positioned for it uh, accordingly. The you know, dollar went up, the two-year yield went up, signaling that, you know, those rates aren't going to go down. And um, here we are. It's not even winter yet, Gerardo. That's still a week away. 
That is truly insane. You know, I, I, I agreed with you on everything um, this year. I, I, I knew the recession was here. I knew that the major indices were coming back down. I knew there would definitely be some headwinds. I did think by now that Jerome would have softened his tone. And I still think he's lying to us. I do think he starts cutting in the third quarter of next year. I think he's going to have to. But look, I've been wrong. So again, you get some right, get some wrong. You've had it right. I had that part of it wrong. It hasn't mattered. We still had our most profitable year ever trading, I think. Uh, both you and I and, you know, overall the portfolio looks good. The rock stars have, have rock starred. And so, no, look, um, good to admit when you're wrong. Also good to admit, you know, that we've had a good year and, and thankful for that. Obviously, a lot to be thankful for. And um, yeah, uh, dollar, you you touched on the dollar. I got to get your take there. It went up briefly, then it pulled back, then it went back up. Sitting right around 104 the last time I looked. Pretty good range. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, 103, 104 is, is support. It, as long as it doesn't break down through that, it's just consolidating its, its bullish trend and um, yeah, people want dollars for the for the reasons partially that I already laid out. You know, it's a recession. People got bills to pay. Um, there's uncertainty. Uh, there's no more stimmy checks coming. All the things I've been saying, right? The, um, you know, there's less money out there. People don't talk about the quantitative tightening. They're all focused on the interest rates. So I was worrying about that in the most recent issue of Foundational Profits. How um, you know, I think it's $95 billion a month in tightening. That's that's the punch bowl, right? I mean, we were, for, for a decade, it was QE, 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 and, and now it's QT. And that doesn't seem to get any airtime on the on the major media outlets. Um, yeah. So, yeah, people want dollars. I certainly want dollars. I have, I have bills to pay. I'm uncertain about the next couple of quarters. And other people want dollars as well, because lots of other currencies are soft, obviously, relatively to the dollar. If um, you know, the dollar is, like you say, the, the cleanest shirt in the, in the, in the laundry basket. So um, as long as it holds up there, it's, it's, it's fine. And um, yeah, that 103, 104 level is the support. We had gold pull back below the $1,800 level, though. Look, it looks pretty good to me. Still $1,777. Um, your thoughts on gold? Can't, 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 can't not talk about the yellow. What are your thoughts on gold? No, my thoughts, I think it's going to continue to be sideways. I think, you know, we're going to flirt between 1725 and 1805, 1810. I think it's going to be a ping pong game for the next three to four weeks. It would surprise me to see a breakout above 1820. It would surprise me to see a breakdown below 1700. So I think it's back to yawning at gold for a little bit. And look, then I'm excited about 2023. I was really excited about 2022. I thought Q4 would be a breakout quarter. It hasn't happened, but it also hasn't broken down. It's preserved wealth very well relative to what the major indices have done. And I think anybody with the 401k would would much have rather had gold as, as you know, it's, it's, it's kind of bastion of stability uh, versus whatever it is they were into in their 401k. And so I think gold did relatively well in 2022. I think gold breaks out in 2023. I think the second half specifically is going to be the half to watch for it, which makes my contrarian heart smile, Nick, because it means I probably have at least three or four months in, in, in the new year here in 2023 to add to some of my favorite gold positions. And look, there's a lot of companies that are easing into very important periods. Perpetua that's taken an absolute beating the last couple of years is finally poking its head back up as it works its way through that boring permitting process. That looks favorable so far, and I haven't seen any indications of 
pushback or negativity that warrants concern. Still one of the best, highest grade, you know, lowest quartile cost uh, projects in the country, in North America. Absolutely deserves a higher market cap valuation. Not getting it until they get that permit. So that's one I'll be watching. And then look, several other names. So those are my thoughts on gold and how to take advantage of gold. And, 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 and look, Again, while everyone complains and, and, and is bored that we're not making new all-time highs in gold and is upset at the state of the junior market with some of these gold names that are being you know, thrown out with the baby um, or babies being thrown out with the bathwater, you should, you should smile and take advantage of the opportunity because it's not going to be that way forever. We said this about uranium um, early last year. We encouraged everybody to pick the better names. A lot of those names went up fivefold, sixfold, sevenfold before the latest retracement, right? Most of those names are still up fourfold in 2022. We said this about lithium as early as 2016. And we had a great two-year run, then it slowed back. And then earlier, you know, this year we made some of our top holdings, you know, lithium and, and critical metals and uh, names. And that's done spectacularly well for the both of us. So I think gold is setting itself up as well as copper for a phenomenal 2023. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I have a daughter who's going to be turning seven in six months and that permitting process that you were mentioning for, for Perpetua started before she was born. <laughs> um, these things take time for sure. So always keep that in mind um, when dealing with mining stocks in the, in the exploration and development time frame. It's better to be yawning at gold closer to 1800 than uh, at 1600 for sure. And I agree with you. Um, I, Tough to see it, you know, breaking out until uh, we get closer to the end of this recession, until rates start to soften a bit more. But nonetheless, you mentioned a bear market halftime. And, and we talked a little bit about this last week where, you know, this first six months of the recession and contraction was, you know, dominated by the two year and the 10 year rising. And now the, the 10 year is softening a bit, which has given room to gold uh, to breathe. And so. Um, I think as, you, as we continue down the back half of this, whatever you want to call it, economic contraction, recession, bear market, um, gold's going to start to catch more of a bid. And then, you know, like it did out of the last recession, uh, you know, the 2009, 10, 11 time frame, it, it rockets to all time highs um, after the recession is um, over and the rates start to come back down. So, yeah, I think you have time to, to position. Uh, I've had some decent gold wins. Uh, this year have, have been uh, allocating a small percentage of the safe money to gold itself, which has held up well. It's, uh, you know, uh, depending on the day or the hour, you know, flat or, or a little bit down for the year, which is up in this market. Right, Gerardo? We heard that at the New Orleans conference. Um, <laughs> I'm only down a little bit. That's the new up. <laughs> well, it's actually kind of true. But uh, no. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that's how I, I see gold as well is, is, is range bound for a little bit um, and a good time to buy when it goes to the lower end of that, you know, in the in the mid 1700s is, is time to start building positions if you haven't already. I like it. We have to talk copper because I think 2023 is going to be copper's year. We've seen the incredible run that lithium has had. We've seen, you know, several other commodities perform not as well. Um, copper's had a pretty solid year, all things considered, but I think this latest consolidation is about to break out in Q1 and Q2 of 2023. A lot of quality copper names that are just sitting there waiting to get picked up. Um, thoughts on copper? Um, no, I think you're, you're right. I would say Q1 
more than Q1. You yeah. know, this recession still has a ways to work through. Um, you know, China demand hasn't really opened back up yet. Um, all that's going to happen in due course is probably going to take a, a quarter or two. And then, um, yeah, but in the meantime, it's been soft. You know, we were talking about sure. copper a week or two ago at 385. It has pulled back, you know, some 10 or 15 cents from there. Um, again, have time to, to build your positions. And and I've been doing so, you know, we've yeah. talked about like Philo on, on this podcast for um, example, and, and I continue to own that. And obviously have some juniors that uh, I own and I'm excited about as they start to explore. And um, we talked about things taking time, you know, some of those um, are waiting for permits or, you know, uh, waiting for um, uh, other things to, to line up to, to to do more exploration on their properties, and in this this case that might not be a bad thing because it could, could coincide with uh, the end of a recession and, and more money coming into the market and copper prices rising. I like it. I like it. Let's um let, let let's give everybody I think a, a bit of a preview here for the next couple of weeks because obviously the holidays are coming up. People are home. Kids are back from school, mine included. Um, and, and, and next week we'll be here on a regularly scheduled program. And then we're going to be taking at least one week off. Correct, Nick? That's right. Yeah. The, um, we record this on a Thursday. Right. So the, the last Thursday of the month, we won't do one. I think it's the, the 29th, December 29th. So the week after that, no podcast. But then we'll be right back here the uh, first week of the year. So with that being said, open invitation to everybody in the comment section. Every year, for those of you that are new with us, um, we give out awards. Um, we make up the categories. Um, we make up uh, the nominees for these awards. And, you know, some of the awards are, you know, the best IR person. Um, Amir Adani's taken that, you know, two of the last five years, right? Um, most disappointing stock story of 2022 um, the best performing stock story of 2022. I say all that to say, if you all have a category that you're passionate about, um, <laughs> it's no guarantee it'll make it, but leave it in the comment section. I, I, I don't always read the comments, uh, but when I do, I tend to get a good chuckle. So I invite everybody, if you want to see a category and you're really passionate about it, leave it in the comment section and we'll try to work it in there. Someone asked if you were on cocaine last week. <laughs> That is hilarious for a lot of reasons. <laughs> I cannot ever imagine me on cocaine for the record. I am a, I am a vodka soda and a, a tad little bit of cranberry kind of guy. I enjoy a couple of glasses of wine. That's about as hardcore as I get, folks. But um, imagine me on cocaine. No, 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 probably not. the. I think my heart would explode immediately. But that's funny. I, the, the comments are always hilarious when I do get in there. Um, you, you should send me those when you see them. <laughs> I love laughing. So that's a good idea. We got to pivot a little bit. Look, um, the Trumpster, the Trumpster's back. He's back. He's been teasing a huge announcement. Has he? Um, he has. He has. He, he's been on, you know, his his social media platform, he's been in the news, you know, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, they all picked up the story. Trump's got a huge announcement. Everybody speculated maybe he was going after, you know, the the the, the speaker seat. Other people, you know, thought it was going to be something different. Did you see the news, Nick? Mm-mm. I could care less. <laughs> but it's funny. <laughs> Because I thought it was a joke. It's not a joke. He's got a new trading card that his fans could buy for $99. <laughs> Amazing. So he's 
Speaking of a, a pivot, I mean, <laughs> he's pivoting now to just the money-making aspect uh, of this. You know, I think he knows that his time is up as far as being able to win the election. But that's just my quick take. I mean, you gotta you gotta respect the man for doing things his way. It is what it is. He does not care what any of us think, and so that's why we don't really care. But I, any again, just like the uh, the cocaine comment, anything for a good chuckle. I, love I remember chuckle. in recent years, and I don't know if he was connected to it or not, but you could buy the silver coins with Trump's face on them. I don't know if he was making any money from that or not, but I got a chuckle out of those as well. That's hilarious. Um, in other news out there, SBF has finally been arrested. Well, hold, hold, hold on, before we go, actually, oh, right. you know, Tr- Trump, is, he's behind in the polls, you know, so, um, you know, if you look at Tehran the Tehran sanctimonious. Yeah, <laughs> by like double digits, you know, more than, than 10 points or whatever. And so, and we've talked on this podcast about how, and you might know the number more than I do, you know, 12 out of 13 or... 12, 12 out, out of 14. 14 candidates that he backed in the midterm elections 14, didn't yeah. win. And... It seems like the Republican Party is collectively um, moving on, not just the, the leadership of the party, but um, um, the, 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 the magosphere as well. Um, like I say, if you, if you look at the polls about unlikely candidates for the 2024 race, the, the Republican nomination, he is not in the lead. Um, yeah, he's not in the lead. No, look, I think, um, one, he's not in the lead. Two, it's interesting to me that Pelosi's stepping down as speaker. Um, and, and and again, for those of you that are very partisan on either the right or the left, this is probably not the podcast that we try to dish it out to both of them equally. But, you know, it was interesting to me um, that, uh, you know, John Boehner got up and cried, right? And so the public spectacle that you saw prior to John Boehner's retirement um, was very, you know, acrimonious and, and and bitter between him and Pelosi. And I always say that all these folks are having cocktails behind the scenes, behind the curtain, laughing at, you know, what goes on in the streets and how partisan some of y'all get on um, picking your tribes and sticking to them regardless of what they say, whether they're right or wrong. And it, it, it was no surprise to me that he got up there and spoke so glowingly about Miss Pelosi and was up there literally crying and, and whether you agree with him or not, I think it speaks to my point that these people don't care about you. They don't care about us. They're in it for the secret service protection, the great healthcare benefits that you'll never receive unless you have great private insurance. And even then it's not as good and it sure is not uh, paid for by taxpayers the way that theirs is and, and the forever salaries and anybody that doesn't see through that with this class of politicians on both sides, I don't know what to tell you, right? Just pay more attention. He was always a crier. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but nothing I remember wrong with that. <laughs> lots of tears from from Mr. Boehner over the years, and um, you know, uh, he's another one of the the, the the disingenuous, right? You know, did nothing to forward cannabis legislation in his time in office, and then went and took a check from a cannabis company as soon as he retired. You got it. You got it. Now we got to talk, you know, speaking of crying, SBF, they finally arrested this guy in the Bahamas and are saying that they're going to extradite him. Immediately, his mom called requesting a vegan diet. <laughs> his mommy called? <laughs> is it when they have a peanut allergy? <laughs> Don't sit him next to Johnny with the peanut butter. <laughs> That's a real story, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. Um, I only laugh because I do not like to see um, people defrauded um, in such a shameless way. And anyway, but, it, it, you know, this was just straight up shameless. We talked about it before. 
Um, it wasn't even a Ponzi scheme. It was just a, just put your money here and I'll take, take it scheme, just straight up broad. And so those people deserve um, to be behind bars and uh, don't deserve vegan diets. Well, he's breaking all kinds of laws and, um, you know, fraud, wire fraud, um, now campaign finance violations, um, you know, using that money that uh, we've talked about. He was donating to politicians. We're now learning that, you know, some of the, that money was not his, was, you know, just money that he had taken from customers' accounts using to, to fund politicians, essentially, you know, payola um, that he was using customer funds for. And, you know, lots of people were on that, you know, Anthony Scaramucci's name is not coming up. Kevin O'Leary was obviously drug into this. Um, people were calling for him to be, you know, banned off CNBC and uh, more investigations to, to come. And, 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 and that guy continues to sort of defend the SBF. He's given some testimony recently um, pointing the finger at Binance. And that might be the next shoe to drop. You know, mm-hmm. the, the CZ character was uh, the guy uh, who's head of Binance who kicked all of this off, you know, in, in pure cutthroat capitalism fashion, putting um, taking the opportunity, right? He lowered his hand for your boxing analogy, right? Put his guard down, SBF did, and then CZ came in there and knocked him out. And now people are saying, um, whatever, the, the Twitter sphere, the, the chat boards, the, the whispers are, are saying that Binance is, might not be uh, an outright fraud, but might have some balance sheet issues uh, of its own. And uh, they actually stopped uh, letting people withdraw a stable coin this week. Binance did. And so, um, yeah, the whole thing continues to, to fall out. It, it continues to be on a shaky footing. The crypto winter, like I say, is um, the actual winter is still a week away. And, and the crypto winter, I think, has a bit more uh, time to go. So uh, the fallout continues. It's interesting. And, 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 and everybody's writing about this. I mean, all my newsletters, my New York Times newsletters, my Bloomberg newsletters. I mean, it's, it's at the top every single day. So uh, much more to come for sure. It was interesting to me that when uh, Biden's press secretary asked if they would be returning the money that was donated, um, they didn't seem very enthusiastic to do so. Mm. Mm. It's all, it's all, it's just all a shell game, everybody. It's fourth turning stuff. It's political class that we have right now on both sides of it. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's an absolute joke, and it's certainly not um, working on behalf of the people. Um, what else do you got? You got anything to get off your chest, Nick? Or you want to talk about the nuclear uh, fusion PR stunt story? Well, yeah, I think that's, <laughs> it's worth noting. Um, we had an editorial out about it today that, that Mike Fagan wrote. He did a good job. Um, and I actually saw his article before. I've, I've seen some of these other thing pieces come out in the in the Wall Street Journal and, and, and some other outlets um, saying basically, you know, just that. Yeah, it was a net positive uh, energy return, but... Um, still lots of, of, of things to get done and significant costs to make that a, a reality, right? You, you know, we talked about seven years to permit a, a gold mine, for example. Well, At least. <laughs> you know, how long do you think it's going to take to get, you know, a new reactor design uh, tested, approved, commercialized, funded, constructed, uh, et cetera, right? So um, we're talking still 30 years um, away, likely, from something like that, right? Um and, 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 and I don't know, it, it takes long, it takes a long time to, to, to do this sort of stuff, right? You know, it, I, I think about the batteries, which we're going to get to in a second and how the lithium battery is always dying. And that's probably still got, you know, eight, 10 years uh, ahead of it before there's a, a battery technology switch. So, 
Um, I, I was surprised how much attention this this announcement got because there's been a, a few fusion announcements over the past few years. There's lots of entities working on it, but um, there's no investment angle. And so I guess what I wanted to talk about was one, first, what I just said, that it's, it's a long way away, um, but two, that I see people using it to, to, to poke at fission a little bit, right? Some, <laughs> some of the modern, um, you know, nuclear naysayers saying that, you know, essentially this, that, you know, we should stop building new nuclear reactors because fusion is almost here. So why don't we just wait for fusion? Well, that's not the right way to think about this, right? The, the, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, you could have nearly limitless carbon-free power with the nuclear technology that we currently have, you know, is splitting the atoms instead of binding them together, fissure instead of fusion, right? Um, and so you know, I see a lot of talk about the waste, like this fusion comes with with no, you know, nuclear waste that you have to deal with. Well, uh, the nuclear waste issue is sort of a, a red herring, right? The, mm. the amount of waste that is produced is and not great. And I've said this before on the podcast, you know, I forget how high it is, but you can store it all on like a, a football field, you know, so many meters yep. high and 50 gallon drums. Like it's not a lot of waste. And so um, fission continues to be the, the, the best sort of clean energy technology that we have. And um, there's new uh, reactors being approved. There's uh, new ones being built uh, modern technologies. And so um, if, if, if you're a fan of fusion, you should be a, a fan of, of fission and, um, there's, there's more immediate problems to deal with to, to, to secure that, that clean energy in, in terms of uranium, right? Which is ultimately where, where right. I wanted to take this because it yep. is, has to do with our business. And so, you know, um, in the past couple of months, we've seen, you know, new uranium mines come back online. Like this is all starting to happen. And. When I look at the uranium charts, um, you know, you mentioned your uranium equities a couple of minutes ago. And um, if you look at the ETFs, for example, you know, they're down. Like I was telling, you know, foundational profits readers the other day, we buy the the, the Sprott URNM, the, the, yep. the Sprott Uranium Trust or the Uranium ETF. And, um, you know, it's been soft. So, you know, and we had a call in this week where many subscribers were asking about uranium. You know, is it time to buy uranium? I, I think it is. Um, I made a new recommendation. We, we entered a new uh, uranium position in, in the past couple of weeks. And um, I think some of these companies are, are falling victim to tax law selling. You know, you mentioned the run up earlier in the year. I think, um, you know, people bought into that hype and, and didn't have a long enough time frame, the time horizon in their head. And um, that hype wore off here in the second half of the year and they're bailing on their positions, um, you know, creating you know, opportunities, frankly. I mean, even in some of the bigger names like Denison, for example, or um, I put a bid in for energy fuels today. I don't believe it got hit, but, you know, the, the, I'm starting to get, you know, wanting to buy more of these things and accumulate. So, same with gold equities, right? Um and so anyway, it's good that the nuclear is 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 in the headlines, but you should take that that fusion is is here with a grain of salt. The net energy gain was uh tiny and and very expensive if you talk you know think about all the funding that went into it and um it was at a a, a national laboratory, so this is still um on the bench or in the lab or whatever it is so you know kudos for getting it done. I obviously love the scientists love the research, love the initiative but um I, 
I like to live in the real world. And again, with the batteries, you know, the new battery technology is coming. You see these headlines all the time. Uh, the, the lithium is dying. Well, you know, not necessarily, right? Um, yeah, they're coming, but let's let's talk about a realistic time frame, and then um, how do you invest in that accordingly? And look, if, if lithium dies, we'll figure out, I guarantee you, we'll figure out a way to make money from its death, right? And so- Well, sure, there's gonna be something that's next. In the meantime, you could be making a lot of money. I mean, Rolls-Royce just announced they're ditching gas and going 100% electric, right? If you subscribe to Daily Profit Cycle, you would have read John Carl's article. And, you know, their first electric model is due by the end of 2023. Every single model will be electric by 2030. And it, it, it's not just them. It's, it's you know, Volkswagen. It's Mercedes-Benz. It's a number of other cars. Uh, BMW is rolling out a, a gorgeous i7 all-electric model that... My wife is very excited about. And so, again, you can either profit from the mega trend that is now or you can write in and wait for the energy of the future or the battery of the future. But you're going to be waiting for quite a bit. Right. I want to touch on something that you said about tax loss selling and the uranium companies and how you're using that as a contrarian to position for the next leg up. I had a subscriber that wrote in about a company that I recommended that's down, I think 25% here in the past six months. And he said, man, I've lost a lot of money with this company. <laughs> and I said, well, if you would have read the recommendation, the recommendation premised, what was premised on the fact that we are initiating new positions and averaging up on new positions for the next leg up, the next mania. This is the consolidation period. This is the one step backwards for, of that two step forwards, one step back dance. We need to be using those 20 and 30, 40% consolidations to take advantage of bolstering positions. Because look, I'm not into a company for in the uranium space for a 20 or 30% gain. It's just not my, my target. My target's three, four, 500% gains at the very least. When we establish a lithium position, I'm not doing that hoping for a double. It's nice. Double's great. 100% of your money. You won't go broke doing that. But, you know, we like the 500, 1,000. If you're lucky enough sometimes, like with the Patriot, be up some four or 5,000% with a lot of runway. And so I think it's so important for people to keep mindful, especially in, in, in the resource space, because it's so illiquid at times, of why you took on a position. And if you're worried about a 20 or 30% drawdown, the junior resource space is not the sector for you. You need to be in more liquid um, markets and you need to be in, in, in companies that, you know, are going to be able to provide uh, more of a hedge. And look, I think the major indices have proven to everybody, I hope, that there's very few companies and sectors immune to a 20 or 30 percent drawdown during a major consolidation. And so, again, if you're going to take the kind of risk where you're going to lose 30 percent or 40 percent in a major indice stock, a blue chip stock. And your upside is maybe, maybe 100% over the next five years. Why wouldn't you take that same risk tolerance, apply it to a junior, vet it out, do your due diligence and give yourself the potential for a 500% gain, a 1000% gain that can truly be life-changing depending on the capital that you're allocating. So that's my, uh, that's my rant on, on tax law selling season and knowing what you're investing in, why you're investing and what your risk tolerance is. Got to define that up front. And so 20, 30% drawdowns, if that's, if that's, too much for you to stomach, the junior resource space is not for you. It, it's not going to be fun. You're not going to enjoy the ride. Um, and, and also you're, you're going to sell too early and then miss that upside and then be upset at you twice. Upset at yourself twice, right? 
Well, yeah, they're going to miss it. They're, they'll be back when the, after they run another four or five hundred percent. That's it. That's it. Um, you can buy a lot of cocaine with five hundred percent run, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> It was a submarine seized <laughs> off the coast of Africa for, by like the French. Uh, do I have the article open somewhere here? Yeah, sorry, we're jumping around topics, but um, you'll enjoy this. Let me see if I can see, find see, it. See, see, see what the podcast comments get us to discussing, guys. This is all your fault. Blame it on y'all. <laughs> oh, where is it? I had it open. French Navy seizes 4.6 tons. That's a lot of cocaine from a Brazilian tugboat. Um, so this Brazilian tugboat was transporting four tons of cocaine uh, across the Atlantic from Brazil to um, we're going to go through northern Africa and then to and then get into the European markets. And I guess it's um, uh, just one in, in, a, in a long line. They've seized several um, more than that in in recent times. So uh, cocaine not going any anywhere soon still big big business and it was just a 21 meter long tugboat i guess that's long enough to get across the atlantic but interesting worth as worth as much as 157 million dollars and so far this year um they've seized more than 15 tons of cocaine so um three or four more shipments that size that's that's a lot of cocaine a lot of cocaine. Um, what are you watching in the markets this week? I want to discuss Patriot Battery Metals results here. Well, I can lead you into it. Let's talk about lithium a little bit more. Let's do um, it. It's the it's the flavor of the well the year really. So, um, gosh, I, I have to look back at the at the notes I put on the thing here. Um, you know, we saw Benchmark this week came out with a basically a lithium recap of the year, talking about how. Um, high the lithium prices have risen and why and um, the the news the announcements they um, continue to gain pace they're they're not slowing down so just in the past 24 hours I saw uh, two new pretty major stories one was GM out there saying you know basically we're going to do whatever it takes to secure the the lithium and the copper and the cobalt necessary to become an EV leader um, and there was a quote from, I don't know, some VP or whatever, but um, some executive from GM saying, we're going to go all the way down to the mine site, right? Yep. Um, yep. And so they're saying, and we've already seen this with you know Teslas and others, that they're going to partner with or potentially get into the mining business, either funding them directly, investing in these mining companies or, you know, JVing in some capacity. So this is a real, real issue. And, you know, I had a subscriber this week in the call and asking, um, he was saying that he didn't agree with the lithium premise or the lithium thesis because it was so hard to get. And he was says it takes so long, you know, it takes so long, all the things we just said to find a deposit, to prove it up, to fund it, that this whole EV thing is going to run into, um, you know, run into a wall or whatever. And my answer to that was, well, that's how markets function. Like the cure for that is higher prices, right? Yeah. If you can get lithium going from 15 to 30 to 45 to 70 to $80,000 a ton. Um, now we're seeing forecasts from very credible people in the industry calling for $90,000 a ton of lithium carbonate. Yep. Um, that's what incentivizes new supplies to come online. Um, and, and, and governments are starting to get in line as well. So um, we've seen incentives in the Inflation Reduction Act. We've seen the U.S. military now say that they're going to invest 
uh, directly into critical resource projects in North America. Um, we've seen, you know, Canada tell the Chinese to get the hell out of their uh, lithium mining companies to, to divest. Um, and then this week, I haven't had a chance to read it, or it might have been last week, there was, you know, some Canadian critical elements framework that was put out there. So yeah. um, all these things are are starting to happen. And, and, you know, what's the quote from Rick Rule? The price goes up or the lights go out. Well, the price goes up or the cars don't drive. I mean, you've seen that these... Um, Automakers are committed. You were just talking about, you know, Rolls Royce saying they're going to go 100% electric in the next eight years. Well, they're going to have to secure these resources, right? Um, and again, it's lithium that is what all these supply chains and what all the cars are based on. So the other announcement that I saw, in addition to the GM one, was um, Ford announced that they're yeah. trying to build a new battery plant in Michigan in conjunction, yep. well, in conjunction with a Chinese company. Um, but uh, they're trying to figure out a way to work around to, to still get the tax incentives for their cars. But, sure. uh, and that was in Michigan. But again, that wasn't uh, some new kind of battery technology, right? That was a, it's a lithium iron phosphate battery plant that they want to build. And so um, I guess that's pretty much the end of my, my, my rant on lithium. But the announcements continue to come. The price continues to... Uh, be in an upward trajectory, and and these automakers are have gotten themselves in a place where, um, you know, they've committed, they're they're pot committed, right? And now the 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 only answer for them is to um, pony up the dollars to to get the resources necessary, and um, that's why I've said, you know, all the things how you know we're the green cowboys or the miners' revenge is is near, as as Robert Friedman says. So um, look, I'm I'm convinced that the the, the battery metals investors and miners are the, the oil barons, uh, the new oil barons. And so um, if you want to build your electric cars, you got to you gotta come by the resources. That's it. That's it. I, I'm going to give just a brief take on Patriot because I want to be fair to paying subscribers that, 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 that pay us, frankly, for the take and a more nuanced take and a more in-depth take. But look, the company's getting played with by short sellers that are worried about the, the, the free trading shares that should be coming free up. On the 21st, which will be, you know, the following week, we're recording on the 15th. So by the time you all are listening to this, we're, we're going to see if that materializes or not. I got to go sell. <laughs> and so listen, we know where a bulk of those shares are. The majority aren't selling in any material way. And if they do, they do. It is what it is. This is what makes markets, folks. So I was wrong about double digits right after the Aussie listing. We did see it. It just didn't materialize um, in a sustainable way yet. So... That is what it is. But look, the first uh, first bit of news that Patriot puts out is 113.4 meters of 1.61% lithium. Those are absolutely phenomenal numbers. Phenomenal numbers. They reported 12 holes. All of them are phenomenal. They've also you know, stressed that the new discovery, CV13, which is some five kilometers away, um, they've hit lithium, spodumene, pegmatite, um, on every one of those first 14 holes, that's shaping up to be potentially a 40 to 50 million ton um, cluster just on its own. So the numbers start getting really stupid really quick here. Blair's talking in, in the most recent interview I did with him at Resource Stock Digest um, of, of, of skipping PEAs and going straight to pre-feasibility. They'll have a resource estimate out, hopefully in the first quarter of 2023, definitely by the first half of 2023, That'll be likely just on CV5, I believe. And I think, again, I think that comes in 
So right around the 150 million ton mark. If you have another 50th CB13, now you're talking 200 million tons. There is a bunch of other clusters. They haven't even had the opportunity to touch yet. Um, the numbers are going to get real interesting, whether or not it trades at double digits this week or the week after that, and whether or not it gets to 20 bucks the way I thought it was going to by year end. Pretty damn confident both of those things happen. And if it takes an extra couple of weeks because they're short sellers, it'll take an extra couple of weeks. Uh, the shares aren't going anywhere. And so that's my take on Patriot. Phenomenal numbers. Um, firing on all cylinders. They're building a new 19-kilometer road. Um, they're about to embark on the most aggressive drill program they've ever embarked on. It'll be three rigs in January, five by February. Exploration drilling and maiden resource drilling. They're cashed up. They have $24, $25 million in the bank. I mean, uh, there's, there's just, to me, not a better lithium story out in the market. With that being said, for subscribers of Junior Resource Monthly, I have one for you. Maybe Junior Resource Trader. I have one for you in the next couple of weeks that I think has potential. Not similar potential, but it has a lot of potential to provide you know, the kind of 10, 20-fold returns that we're looking for when we speculate in the lithium space. So stay tuned for that. I see a lot of lithium deals out there. I, you know, I get all my little news alerts from all the companies that I follow, which is a lot of them. And, yeah, yeah. Um, reading the news releases recently, it's, um, well, there's been a lot of them as well, but also, you know, lots of companies that are pulling projects out of their portfolio and optioning them out because they got pegmatites. And so um, it, it's heating up and, and it's important to do your due diligence and and make sure the projects that you're looking at, you know, check off all the appropriate boxes. So, you know, it's good that um, Patriot Battle Battery Metals is in Quebec. I was reading a story about, and we've talked about this project before on the podcast, Rio Tinto's, um, what's it, the Jadar project? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Did I get that right? Um, let me make sure. I'm going to mispronounce it regardless yeah, of how it's spelled. Yeah, that's right. Um, which is in Serbia and is a, is a monster of a, of a, of a lithium deposit, sure. but there's local opposition. And um, it's been halted for a while now. And, and we've talked about it, like I say, on this podcast. But the, the, the most recent this week was, um, you know, an official out, out saying that basically the project's never going to be developed either by... And, or neither, I should say, neither by Rio Tinto nor any other outfit, right? So um, that's uh, one, a risk for the sector, um, but two, uh, a reason to, to find projects that um, are in better jurisdictions, right? With a better framework for um, getting them permitted and developed. And a reason why those projects in those jurisdictions with the kind of scale that a Patriot has are going to command a premium from the majors that want in and be clear with Patriot. And again, Blair was very clear in the recent interview. They're approaching this as if they're building the plant. They're not approaching this as if they're going to sell the project or the district uh, to a major just because they get an attractive offer. So again, me as a shareholder, I love to hear that. It gives me all of the options. If you want it, you're going to have to pay a substantial premium. If not, we're going to capture, you know, the 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 get vertically integrated um, kind of profits that Pilbara has been able to capture to the tune of a fifteen billion dollar market cap, um, twelve recently. So again, sub one billion dollars Canadian on the Patriot side. It's a lot of runway between today's price and where it could be in a few years. Unless I bury all my shares in the next week and suppress the price. I'm joking. <laughs> 
<laughs> go refinance my house, take a mortgage out, and go buy some more. You know how I do it, Nick. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, God. Um, what else? Nevada Sunrise. Watching Nevada Sunrise. It's failed to break out. Uh, my, 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 the whispers that I'm hearing is that the drilling is going slower than they'd like. But positive news is, is that, you know, the, the, the news release that came out here recently indicates they, they definitely have a lot of water. We'll see if there's water in lithium in that water that they're definitely hitting the kind of clay, um, that was running, you know, good levels of lithium. And, and, and we're getting great grades so far. These holes are three quarters of a kilometer to a kilometer apart. Um, so, you know, be patient. Let's give it some time and let's see what that does for us here in the next couple of weeks and months, folks. Cool. Anything else for you, Nick? No, um, no, going to make my final tax law sales here. And then the next week or so we'll send out, uh, an alert to the private placement service on, on that. Um, we've had a great year in, in, in that letter. Lots of the positions are up significantly. Um, you know, worth building a little cash. As I say, people want the cash, right? To get positioned. Uh, to have some cash in the new year for for new deals that that come our way and to offset some of those gains that we have and um, then turn to Christmas and uh, headed to Maryland for a couple of weeks and um, looking forward to it. That's it. That's it. I encourage everybody to check us out at I'm going to remember this dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe. Did I get that right, Nick? Nailed it. Hey, so if you want to make sure that you're not missing out on updates and the free commentary and the insights from many of our editors, including Mr. Nick Hodge and myself, it's absolutely free. It's independent research. Um, you know, there's links there to some of our paid publications if you're inclined to go that route. But if not, go absorb some of the free information. There's a lot of money to be made in a lot of different sectors, and we try to provide a healthy dose of all of the different sectors and opportunities out there. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 198 of our therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. Nick, send us off. Enjoy the big Nick energy. See ya. Don't do cocaine, everybody. <laughs> Don't do cocaine. <laughs> hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.